Have you ever felt like you were crawling on glass, trapped in a cycle of indecision and self-doubt? Have you ever felt the weight of grief and guilt all the way to your bones? Beloved, true transformation can emerge from the depths of grief and guilt, leading to a life of purpose and confidence. In today's powerful conversation, Holly Williams shares her incredible journey from uncertainty to confidence, from brokenness to redemption. Through the twists and turns of life, Holly's story reminds us that even in the midst of grief and guilt, there is hope and a way forward. Join us as we explore how embracing your God-given gifts can lead to a life filled with purpose and meaning. Are you in a new season of your life? Are you stuck in searching for clarity so you can make a career change? Do you just need the courage to switch careers? Are you ready to follow God's plan for your career? Welcome to Choose Your Next Yes. Hi, Kindred. I'm Mel, a career transition coach, mom of grown-ups, coffee lover, and God girl. I've had a lot of big life changes, and I haven't always been clear about God's plan for me. This led to stress and anxiety and a lack of clarity and courage to make a career move. I finally started listening to God's voice to find clarity and peace and stopped being scared to make a move and achieve my career transition goals. Now, my mission is to help you learn to listen to God's voice and know when to say yes to the career you've always wanted and no to everything else. Let me show you how to clarify your purpose and find courage to pursue your personal and professional goals in your midlife and beyond. Throw down your self-doubt, dust off your dreams, kindred, it's time to reset and refine and reclaim the woman you once aspired to be. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Mel Vandevoort, and today I have a guest with me from Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada. I have Holly Williams, and she is here to talk to us today a little bit about her business and her journey to get to her business, to start her business, and I'm really excited about hearing what she has to say. I think you are going to really enjoy the content today. So without further ado, hello, Holly. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mel. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. Well, Holly, tell us a little bit about yourself. I have never been to Canada. I am (laughs) dying to go. My boyfriend has been to Canada and I'm a little bit jealous and I would really like to go visit. So tell us a little bit about Canada. Oh, yes. I Come to the Rockies. That's where I live. I live in the foothills of the Rockies. So I live in a very, very windy place. I have been blown off the road by uh, during winter uh, oh, twice. Yeah, yeah. It's scary when it happens, but it's, it's been God's mercy uh, that nothing serious has happened. But it you do get blown off the road because um, the winds get so high. So don't travel on the road when it's windy. But right. uh, of course, I'm mentioning Canada and snow because that's what, you know, we're pretty famous for. But where I live in Alberta, there are gorgeous mountains and just so much hiking. I'm about two hours, three hours from uh, like Banff, Lake Louise area. Um, and then in another direction, I've got um, Lake Waterton that goes uh, right into M- Montana 
And then um, in another direction, we've got the Crow's Nest Pass, which is a beautiful um, hiking spot as well. So I love the mountains. They really speak to me. And uh, they're a great place to, you know, to let God restore my soul when I, I need nature. Absolutely. That sounds amazing, except for maybe the being blown off the road while you're driving. <laughs> um, I mean, that really literally is a Jesus take the wheel moment, isn't it? It really <laughs> it really is. must have gone to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. And the nice thing about our windy area is we have what's called Chinook. So it could be really windy and then a Chinook will blow in for two days and it'll be like maybe super freezing. And then in two days, it'll be like you can walk around without a coat. So it's wow. a really very, very temperamental wet weather, which um, kind of suits me. So, <laughs> Well, there you go. There you go. Well, it's summer here right now, like really summer here right yeah. now. So like, what is the temperature there? Oh, it's very, very hot. So it's been 38 degrees Celsius. I'm not even sure what that is. Um, Fahrenheit wise. I have no clue. I am not. Yeah, it's over a hundred. It's been over a hundred or I guess high nineties for you guys. That's yes. where it's been for us as well. Okay. So okay. hot yeah. and dry summer, like most, yeah. like most of North America. So today we're going to talk about your journey to being a copywriter and all of the things that you accomplished along the way, your setbacks, your detours, all of those things. So I'm just going to let you get started and you can just kind of take it where you want to go and just tell us all about your journey getting there. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm really excited to share this because um, I love your audience. I love the the people that you're serving. And I've been a woman who has been really confronted with a lot of indecision and a, and a total lack of confidence in my own decision making ability. Because and I have been there as well. Yeah. So I love being able to talk to this audience because I think that there's a lot of women who are listening today who maybe they're really confident in some areas of their life, but there's these other ones that, you know, just need to hear a story today, need to yes. hear that God's mercy and his redemptive power um, can take what has been so broken in your life and make it into something beautiful. Yes. And so and, that's my story. And I just um, having a lack of confidence isn't a sentence, a life sentence. You no, are, not at all. You can always get your confidence back. So I yeah. can't wait to hear what you have to say about that. Yeah. And I now call it my Godfidence because I've really spent oh, I time. Love that. Yeah. I've really spent time with the Lord to realize my confidence is really comes from him, from being rooted in the truth of his word and in his love. And as a result, I can take steps even when I'm absolutely terrified. So mm -hmm. uh, my, uh, but my story, uh, how I started my business actually is quite funny. I actually wrote a novel and it won like an award and won this whole marketing or this whole publishing thing. And I needed to figure out how to like sell all these books that I won and <laughs> published. Wow. So I took, yeah. So I took a marketing course and I just found myself really loving words. Obviously as a novelist, I love words and mm -hmm. I just had a lot of ideas to help people. I'm a very creative person. So uh, it just one thing led to another and I found myself copywriting and which is a style of writing that is focused on sales and basically helping people to make a buying decision. And so 
Mm-hmm. I love that. That was so much fun to work with people on that. And I, I really found myself coming to life. So I started that and I was working a full-time job, you know, raising three kids. Um, I was in a, a pretty unhealthy marriage. Um, there was uh, some mental illness involved there and just a lot of emotional weight in yeah. a relationship like that. So um, I was trying to struggle, struggle, struggle with this little business, mm-hmm. uh, but really it took some time to just learn the craft. And I spent some time doing that. And then as my skill set started to progress, I started to have opportunities to go places. And one of the places I went was to a copywriting conference. And it just blew the doors wide open on my life because all of a sudden I saw the potential of the life I could be living. Mm-hmm. And it really exposed in my heart just the deep sadness, the deep loss that was going on in my life currently that I had been very diligent to avoid looking at mm-hmm. and very diligent to just be like, you know what, God's going to fix it. I don't have to do anything. You know, God's going to fix right. this. Right. And then it it really put the spotlight on the fact that um, my marriage was really unhealthy mm-hmm. and I was crying every day. I, I want to give some of these signs, Mel, because... Um, yes. I think that they're important. I think I I really looked past them. I just thought I was in a hard season. I thought it was a hard time. I thought, you know what? God has given me the ability to persevere and I just need to be resilient. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of talked myself into this spiritual place of crying every day. And that was okay. But it's not. It's really not. That's signs of depression. It's signs of feeling stuck. It's, It's signs of feeling hopeless. Yes. Um, And even though I always have a hope in God, I felt hopeless about my situation. Mm -hmm. So I was crying every day. Um, It's really started to show up in my children's lives through anxiety for one child, depression, and then just complete acting out in total misbehavior for my third child. Something needed to be done. And the hard choice was to leave my marriage and Mm -hmm. my situation after much, many, many attempts to try and save it. And so then, you know, as anybody does after a huge moment like that, I just went into a feeling of numbness because Mm -hmm. I just had so many feelings. I didn't know how to deal with them. So I just like went numb for a while. Right. And I think what I was scared about the most, especially with having this business and having this dream of wanting to create some freedom, I was really scared that my, I wouldn't have the ability to, you know, be with my kids and really connect with them. So I knew a few things. I knew that if I was going to build my life, make it go forward, I really, I didn't, I wasn't healthy, but I knew if I put enough health around me, I would become healthy. Uh So that was probably the grace of God and the best decision possible. And so one of the things that really helped me make that decision was actually this book called Your Next Best Yes. That was called, or say, take the next best step. That's what it's called. Okay. Your show is called the next best. Yes. Yeah, choose your next um, year. Your yes. next, yeah. I don't even know what my show is called. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But this book was called uh, next take the year. next best step. And it was basically a guide for when your life is in complete turmoil. Mm-hmm. Um, don't try and plan your future. Don't try and say, okay, this is my five-year goal. Like that's ridiculous. You're just trying to breathe again. So this book just really talked through the biblical principles of just taking the next best step. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that was saying, okay, I have a business, but uh, I don't need to grow this. I don't, you know, like the tendency would be instead of dealing with my feelings, I could have really poured my energy into my work. 
mm-hmm. and not looked at my relationship with my kids or my right. life. I could just become a workaholic and right. got a sense of self through that. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I did try that, but it collapsed because I was emotionally in no place to sustain that. Right. Exactly. And then, um, and then I just realized, okay, I, all I can make is the next best decision today. Mm-hmm. And then as I started to continue to do that, I was able to make the next best decision for the week and then for the month and then for the year. And it really gave me permission to be broken, but mm-hmm. also permission that the decisions I was making, because when you, when you really toss your life up like a toss salad, mm-hmm. The concern is I can't afford to make the wrong decision. Right. I'm just coming out of a decision. I'm just coming out of a decision that was probably a million wrong decisions. Mm-hmm. And so now you're terrified that the next decision is going to be colossally the biggest mistake and your kids will need therapy over it. You know, so you're just right, free. Right. But instead, reading that book really just helped me just to, to take a breath and to say, you know what? I just need to figure out the best decision today. And give myself permission that this best decision for today might not be the best in the long run, but it makes Mm -hmm. the most sense for right now. And I can have peace with that. Yes. So, yeah. So that just empowered me a lot. And it gave me a lot of grace because I was I was in a marriage situation where I didn't have a lot of choice. I didn't Mm -hmm. have a lot of decision making ability. So even to to make a lot of choices, I didn't have a lot of confidence in that. Right. But this allowed me to have, you know, go step by step and, and really grow. And so from that, some of the really healthy choices that came out out of that was for me to go ahead and keep working on my business, but do it very small, mm-hmm. do it very doable. So I had a, a full-time job that I was working mm-hmm. and I had, you know, children um, and then also the pandemic and things came right. on about a year into my into that. And so there was a lot going on. One of the things that I did was I decided that I wasn't going to kind of jump into the entrepreneurial dream like a lot of people say online to do. Like you'll hear these fantastic stories of like, I quit everything and I had nothing and I had 30 days to make something happen. Or hear people who were like, I just I was dead inside and I quit gave my job, you know, quit my job and decided online. That's not my story. And it doesn't and I think I think that story's glorified a little bit online because the, the reality is is when you have children, when you have bills, that's actually a really dangerous move to do for your sense of safety for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Some people thrive on that and that's great. Some people that's just a toxic decision for them. And you know, there may be one or two people that that works out for, but I would say the 98% of us that it doesn't work out for is more, you know, like, like what it really is. That's a reality. More 98% people that doesn't happen. (laughs) You know, you got to think things through a little bit more. So yeah. So the, how I made my transition is I decided that my first step, and I worked with a coach on this, I decided that my first step would be within three to four months, I wanted to go down to part-time work. Mm-hmm. And I was terrified to go down to part-time work because I thought, okay, that means the other half of my income I have to produce. Mm-hmm. So I made that decision. I took that leap. And surprisingly enough, like I had the client work, I was able to do it. And that just surprised me, but it gave me so much hope and it gave me so much time freedom to really spend with my kids. And because, you know, as I mentioned, the pandemic was going on, they're they're dealing Mm -hmm. with the trauma of what we were living through. There are days where your kids can't go to school 
You know, there are days where your kids are struggling over, you know, their learning is so affected by their emotional health, right? Yes. So there's, it was wonderful to have the freedom where if they were having a rough day, I could pick them up from school and just be like, hey, let's go for a walk. Like you right. don't have to perform right now. You like, mm-hmm. let's just get you feeling well again. Yes. So having that kind of freedom was very addictive. And I was like, I want more of this. So I set a new goal then to go full time. And with that, my coach really helped me establish what would give me a sense of safety to do that. Like what would the guide ropes look like? For me, I wanted, you know, three months living expenses. I wanted my all of my annual bills like paid for in an account that I just knew those would be paid for. I wanted to have a couple of systems that were really clear and in place for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I did finally take the leap to full time, what I did was I hired a coach for the first three months who was just a time accountability coach. And basically would just plan with me, how do you want to transition into full time? And what do you want your life to look like so that you can actually function well and not freak out all of a sudden because all the financial responsibility is on what you're doing for work. Exactly. So those were some really good, healthy choices that I had around me. But I do want to, I think what's really important too, Mel, is through that, it sounds like it was this beautiful journey, but it was so hard. Like I felt like I was crawling on glass. Yes. And one of the things that was probably stalling me the most was how much guilt mm-hmm. I felt. I felt so much guilt over because I had left this marriage before once before left it for two years came back mm-hmm. and stayed for another three, four years, and it just didn't work out. And there was so much guilt of like, how could I put my kids through that? How dumb could I be? You know, everybody probably looks at me and sees like I'm a cautionary tale. You know, like, I just had so much mental grief in yeah. my head. Yes. And so the Lord actually through that whole season, which sounds beautiful, this beautiful, incredible business journey, it was actually such an incredible journey through Psalms and grieving. Mm-hmm. And it really taught me what it looked like to be honest before him. Mm-hmm. Grief is such a gift. And I don't think we talk about it enough in the church. Mm-hmm. It is the gift of worship. Because true grieving is when we come before the Lord and we say, my heart is broken. Mm -hmm. I'm so upset with myself. I can't get past this. Yet will I praise you. Yet will I remember you are the God Mm -hmm. who lifts my head. Yet I will remember your holiness, your mightiness, right? So true grief really will usher us into the presence of God. And so even though that was such a time of brokenness, it was a beautiful time of worship with the Lord where Mm -hmm. I really, he got to know me in such a personal deep way that I hadn't encountered him before because I was kind of a toxic positivity person. Like I was a little bit like, you know what? It's going to work out fine. You know, God's always going to, you know, he's always going to make a way. And I just wouldn't actually acknowledge the situation I was in. Right. So the one scripture that really helped me was Romans 8 verse 1, which is there's therefore now no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. And the Lord just delivered my mind from the guilt I felt and from the weight of past decisions that I just thought like, I can't do anything great. My my best days are behind me. I wasted all my time, you know, like all the lies. Yes. The Lord was just like, there's no condemnation. There's no condemnation. Like I look at you, Holly. I know you've repented of your sin. You've you've brought that before me. Mm-hmm. And now stop living in this place that is continually saying you're not good enough. 
everything you did was a big mistake. He's like, mm-hmm. I am bigger than your biggest mistake. So there's yes. no condemnation for you. Walk in the wow. freedom, walk in who you are in Christ Jesus. And so as I've been walking out that freedom, it's given me now a new boldness in my copywriting business to really step out with a message that I feel that God's given me to help other women, especially in that new stage, or maybe they've been uh, established, but they're you know not quite big enough yet to have a mm-hmm. team. I love helping those women out because that was me. That mm-hmm. was where I was at. And just being able to come alongside and say, here's how you can write copy. Here's how you can write emails. Here's how emails can change your business and change your life. Mm-hmm. And um, I just love that process. So that's yeah. kind of my story in a really wow. long nutshell. <laughs> yes. And there's just so much in that. And the one thing that's sticking out to me right now is, you know, that grief and getting to that place where you're just grieving almost to your bones and you just physically feel grief. And it's not just sadness. It's like a physical manifestation of grief. And Mm -hmm. you said you have nowhere else to go, but to God. And I have been there where I've just cried out and I'm like, I have nothing left. I can't do this without you. And he waits for you to get to that point. Sometimes I think, because I think sometimes we've taken it, you know, like you were pushing the situation to the side or somebody else is doing something different or, you know, Mm -hmm. I've been that same person who said, you know, it'll be fine. God will take care of it. And you kind of like get stagnant instead of like moving forward. And God wants you to continue to move. Yeah. He wants you to have that grief and that need for him, but he doesn't want you to wallow in it and not do anything at all. And he wants you to take those steps forward to rectify whatever the situation Mm. is, I think. Yeah. And I think the truth is, is that you can't move forward until you grieve. Mm -hmm. John, he, he's somebody that has a podcast I love, and he always says grief demands a witness. So if you have not taken the time to, to actually grieve a situation, like Mm -hmm. your body, it'll show up in your body. It'll show up in your energy. It'll show like, it's demanding to be heard Mm -hmm. and you need to express it. And the best way is to just to come into that quiet place with the Lord and say, like who better to trust your grief with mm-hmm. better exactly and right he knows the depths of it and just to see the different sides of his character is so mm-hmm. beautiful to encounter his goodness and his mercy yes and even jesus went into his quiet place with god and you know he yeah. did it for long extended periods of time and yeah. just worshiped god and connected with him and you know we will never be able to connect with god the way that jesus did but He still, he took that time to go to that place. And so if Jesus is doing that, then we definitely need to get to that place where we are so in tune with God, like we are listening to him. We're growing that relationship with him, that intimacy with him. And I think sometimes just we get busy and even if it's not a grief situation or a a situation of divorce or a job loss. I think sometimes we just get busy as people and we forget, we forget to take that deep, intimate time with God. You know, we all do devotionals and stuff, but we do them 
not necessarily in a place that's reverent. We're just right. It's duty. The, yeah. We're going through the motions. Okay. I did my devotional today. What's next? You know, no, no, we need to get down to the nitty gritty. And sometimes we need to get on our knees in the middle of the living room and, and just yeah. cry out to God and let him surround us and hold us because mm. I have been in those moment. And even recently I've had those moments where I cried out to him and I'm like, I don't know what to do now. I I need you to tell me what to do because I don't know. And I can't do it without you. Wow. So much to think about in the first half of my conversation with Holly Williams. I absolutely love the conversation the first time around. And when I got to hear it again, while I was editing, my goodness, there is just so much wisdom, so much emotion, so much rawness that we can draw from for our own lives. I cannot wait for you to hear the second half of the conversation because it's just as good as the first half. So join us back here on Friday for the second half of my conversation with Holly Williams. Have a great rest of the week. Bye-bye. 